0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh,
1: oh, oh, O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind.
0: This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. We are talking about created persons versus authentic people and the authentic people who... are actually trying to make a difference are often demonized, villainized, jailed, or killed. I'm serious. I should have spent the whole time on that, but I also like to cover the biggest news of the week or the stories of the week that have more to them than you're being told. So my producer Binkley and I get numerous requests all the time for our research and what we've laid out on Stacey Abrams and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So uh, every once in a while we compile, we, we just stack up all the things that we are learning about these people that fit with their image or don't, that flesh out their backstory but isn't common knowledge. So when Stacey Abrams decided not to, or said she decided this week not to run for Senate, we knew that was her decision, I mean, like months ago. Yeah. So we decided to, this would be a good time to give an update on her, what she's been up to, a little refresher on her backstory, some references to past shows we've done. And I and uh, if you want to hear this show, go to thepropreport.com Wednesday, and you can uh, hear it commercial-free, which is always a treat. Uh, if you And we also have links to the older shows there. So what I also want to just give a little update on uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, which I have to say... I. Uh, when I mean, I know, obviously, we all know a lot of people with Hispanic surnames and people when referring to her because it's such a mouthful, people were also calling often calling her Cortez. And I was like that. Doesn't everybody know? It's not that the second name means nothing. And I never met anybody in my entire life who actually used it. You use the first name. So I was like, her name is Ocasio. Like that is her last name. And if you look back, her original Twitter handle was OK, just Ocasio. And she completely scrubbed and purged that. Like there's nothing there. So I believe they did that because she is creating quite a legacy that is absolutely in, in, in disingenuous at best. And uh, so I think this is all part of how i I guess they maybe they call it sheep dipped. I, I think that expression might apply to this where a spy. Yeah, I guess if you dip a sheep and sheep dip, like all the critters run out and you clean it out and so she's been purged, her her don't you think that's
2: yeah, she had the greatest resume ever for a twenty-year-old and they purged it and turned her into a bartender.
0: Yeah, yeah, like like Stacey Abrams. Like you would think that you would say, Hey man, yeah. you know, like I, I represent, you know, I am I am here. I, I worked for Ted Kennedy in college, you know. Like I, I have all these internships, I have all this stuff. Like I'm I gave a TED talk when I was an <laughs> undergrad. This yeah. is Ocasio Cortez, if you if everyone has a right to be called yeah. what they want to be called. So I I'll do that. Uh but She so she so she is giving TED talks and and instead she's like, who me me Sandy from the block?
2: They they must have interviewed her. I can't even do her
0: accent doing. She like she does like ethnic accents depending on her audience. I can't even make fun of her doing that. But she's she's pretty good (laughs) at it. She probably had some acting in her background too.
2: Can you imagine interviewing her at the bar? Like you're you're way overqualified for this. You should. You should. Yeah, like I saw your TED talk.
0: Like what? (laughs) I heard you on NPR. Like what are you doing here? So I want to just talk about her timeline a little bit. Uh, Yeah, you know what? Let's. I have this clip. I'm not sure I have the order of my clips in my mind. I think it's clip one of. So this is this is what we are to believe about our dear. Sandy Ocasio, let's hear clip one.
2: Back in 2016, we put out a call for nominations. We got over 10,000 nominations. Out of those 10,000 nominations, we found Alexandria.
1: My brother told me that he had sent my nomination in the summer, but I was like literally working out of a restaurant. And I was like, there's no way.
0: I worked in restaurants for seven years. I never worked out of a restaurant. I've never said I worked out of a restaurant. So yeah, so 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 let's think about that. In 2016, the Bernie Sanders coalition or whatever it is for a new Congress looked at 10,000 resumes, and unbeknownst to our dear Miss Ocasio, her brother sent it in. And OMF, oh, gosh, I won the lottery.
2: But she was an organizer for Bernie already. <laughs> It's such a lie.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, it's possible that there were 10,000 organizers for birdies, but but that they literally put put probably a 10-man crew on this for a week and found her resume, which is what it sounds like.
2: It's like a contest? What kind of selection yeah. process yeah. is this? Yeah,
0: so, so I want to go through her actual timeline and see if that 2016— that Yeah, that's true, because in the timeline—so that clip I just found— In the timeline here that I've been compiling over the months, it says 2016. AOC works for Bernie Sanders, and her mother moved to Florida for tax reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, it's just so great. Okay, so, all right, so she was born in 1989. So you can chime in with anything you have. Like I, 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 there's, I could fill in the blanks on all this stuff. Let's just like. He out. OK, so on my timeline, I had she was born in 1989. And then the next significant event was 1994 when she moved to Yorktown Heights. But even that's a lie, right? That's true. <laughs> so she, I said she lived in the Bronx for five years because that's her story. Yeah. But you found something different, no, right?
2: Her family bought a house in Yorktown when she was two years old. There were people in Yorktown that were trying to interview her because it's like somebody from our hometown is doing something great. And they could not get her to contact contact them back. So they started looking into the records. She was there since she was two years old, not five years old. And that's important.
0: Yes, that's important. How do we know that's important?
2: Because Stacey Abrams tells us that you got to get children from age zero because from the ages three to five is when the brain is formed.
0: Yeah, she says four is too late. I believe that's a quote. And, and it's funny because she her she was born in Madison, Wisconsin. To, so I don't know what her parents' backstory is. I don't know how they ended up in Madison, Wisconsin. That's but, where her mom went to school. But where was her mom from originally? Mississippi? Mississippi. Okay, so then they moved back to Mississippi at a certain point. But I was wondering when, because if four is too late, then then she's from Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, so Cortez was in an upper-class, well-to-do area when she was being—her personality was being I saw a four.
0: picture of her house, and it looked rather small. And I, uh, I grew up the one—the counties are kind of like affluence-wise— Geographically removed from midtown Manhattan, and I grew up in where like the firemen and union guys work the blue collar guys, the whatever. So I lived in, the, grew up in Rockland, the next county up. And I always looked to Westchester like, wow, you know, in awe. So even if she was not uh, personally rich or whatever, she went to that school where you. The better, the better places have the better schools, especially mm. in that neck of the woods, in my experience. But anyway, regardless of the schools, why would she say five? Why not say two, right? Why would you embellish that?
2: So that your most formative, impressionable years are surrounded in that yeah. melting to pot To make it feel
0: like you are a girl from the Bronx, yes. which is very important to her. It's very important to her to be the girl from the Bronx. And she's really riding on that, I can say. So let's play that clip. Uh... Let's play clip four.
1: You know, the president is from Queens, and with all due respect, half of my district is from Queens. I don't think he knows how to deal with a girl from the Bronx.
2: (laughs) I wonder what girl she's talking about.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's Sandy from the block, right? (laughs) It's like, no, she's (laughs) Sandy from the Tree Line Street. (laughs) So she... Okay, so I know this stuff sounds nitpicky, but you know what? Why would they... It's like what that caller said when he called into the show, like, why do they have to make stuff up? If if the image is valid, if the legacy is valid, if your point of view is aligned, why, why are you making anything up? Why why don't the facts align? And if they don't align, correct them.
2: Yeah. You, you know who fits her story far more than she does? Oh. Howard Schultz. Really? He, he grew up in uh, public housing in, in wow. New York. Yeah, in New York. And he, his father... Um, he had a rough relationship with his father. He got himself a scholarship to college playing sports, and he didn't have much money. Wow. He wasn't, like, dirt poor, but, right. um, yeah. And he That's pulled himself That's the real deal. Right. That's a scrapper, yeah. as they
0: say. Yeah. Very good. So, all right, so she, in 2006, out of this, so she was still in high school, she, just like Stacey Abrams with Telluride, I believe she was a junior because she graduated in 2007, she got a John F., I think it's John F. Lopez internship. Yeah. Which is uh, a kind of
2: it's an activist training school, essentially. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. And it's for Latinos and Latinas, mm-hmm. is that right? Okay. So, so this is the thing that that I think I used to think those kinds of programs were the same as affirmative action, where you're just trying to give somebody a hand up. Which I have to say, when I look around, I, I, I'm not talking about like the laws about it, but. I really don't have a problem with that, of trying to give somebody uh, a, an extra advantage because I'm telling you, from my perspective, what I was telling you before about, like, if your parents went to college or their parents or graduate school or whatever, it has a profound impact on you. Now, yeah. the generations, you can work your way out of it, so I'm not sure, like, how far the legacy of slavery lasts. I just don't know, and I don't know how, like, voluntary African immigration kind of helps people uh, – rise above that stigma I don't or 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 reinforce I really really have absolutely no idea I'm not great at sociology but I will say for real it is true that 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 the money that you have the education you have your parents understanding of the echelon that you aspire to makes a huge difference yeah so uh let all right so then it starts getting really interesting so let's take a quick break And do you have anything? Okay, no, let's do one more. So her father, in 2008, so the year after she's in high school, her father dies intestate, which means without a will. And that caused all sorts of problems. Now, (laughs) my father definitely did not need a will. Like, when I hear, like, he didn't have a will, it's like, but that implies stuff, you know, bequests. So... I don't, uh, so let's talk about the internship, at, uh, about the um, intestate and the implications of that after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Bring big drama show. Let's go. Let's do it. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. We're back. It's Monica Perez. I'm going through the Alexandria Ocasio Cortez timeline, and I'm going to just speed it up. This is the timeline, and then we can. As we go along, Binkley and I can point out, like, what just doesn't make sense about Sandy from the block being a bartender uh, just gobsmacked when her brother presents to her, the congressional, that she's, you're running for Congress. What? Oh, my gosh. No way. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm literally, like, counting my tips right now. I
2: have to clear my schedule.
0: (laughs) So, okay. So, in 2008, her father died. So, that was... Uh, I think her first year of college. So a lot of her legacy comes out of. So there's this article, one of the inaugural articles for her. She decided to move back to the Bronx immediately after graduation. It is here that her situation. So she decided to move back to the Bronx immediately after graduation from college. This is from millennial politics. It says it is here that her family situation took a turn for the worse. Mr. Ocasio unable to afford health insurance. So it wasn't there. He wasn't in the Bronx and it wasn't at that time. This was four years after that. Unable to afford health insurance, lost his battle with lung cancer, leaving his family without a financial safety net. So I wonder what difference it made that he did not have a will. With the looming threat of losing the family home, Alexandria helped support the family as a waitress. So no mention of bartending until later. I literally believe that. Austin, the Jeopardy star, who is the savant New York City bartender. Very cool. It was I can find no references to her story changing from waitress to bartender until after Austin was a big winner at Jeopardy. I'm honestly true. I really think these tell the truth. I think these these things are not insignificant. So she uh, worked 18 hour shifts just to ensure her family had a roof over their heads. Now, I worked wages for many, many years, and I don't think I ever even worked in a restaurant that was open 18 hours. But anyway.
2: Is her brother older or younger?
0: Mm, I think he's younger, but I don't know for sure. I don't know. It's one thing to talk about these things in news articles and another thing to live this life. Alexandra, that's a quote. I think that's from her. Alexandra was eventually faced with the reality. This one. I call BS. Well, the whole thing is BS. Alexandria was essentially faced with the reality of being unable to keep her family financially afloat on a minimum wage salary. What's wrong with that?
2: Well, you make tips. Right. Wages don't make, they don't
0: even make minimum wage salary. You make basically no salary.
2: She's cute. She's charming. But I'm just saying, yeah, but yeah. it's
0: not a minimum wage salary. Right, exactly. That is not how they are paid in this country. She felt as if she was watching her and her family's dreams slip away. So that so this is the this is the story she's telling. This is the story. And I'm saying her father died in 2008 and I think the issue with the will was like how the house was disposed. So I wonder if her parents were together. I didn't find anything that they weren't. But it really wouldn't make sense because you live with your wife in your house. There's no risk of a problem with the ownership of the house because you're intestate. You know what I mean? Like I think there's something weird about that. Uh, In 2009, while she's at BU, she interns for Ted Kennedy. In 2010, she gives a TED Talk. And in 2011, she graduates from BU, and you found something in 2011. Fourth in her
2: class, by the way. Oh, really? And it was a
0: very prestigious program on public policy, I think. Yeah. It was really, I saw the program, I was like, wow, that's for real. And in in that same year, uh, you said she was...
2: Interviewed by NPR, they got her comments on the death of Osama bin Laden
0: right so this is this is sandy from the block and in 2012 her house finally emerges from probate and the mother sells the house for 300 grand so let's wrap this up after the break and get to uh her the, the rest of her story and a few other stories that uh, are a little more authentic and a little less well known this is monica. monica perez look just put your little hand back in the cash register and give me my two dollars and 75 cents back please Brad. on News 95.5 at AM 7:50 WSB I am your libertarian voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6 and uh, we are we're doing some fact checking on some of the stories of the most prominent and celebrated politicians of our time and one of them is Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, who I just went through her timeline, and it, it just does not dovetail with her story that her brother just wowed her by throwing her hat into the the ten thousand person ring of people that the that the Bernie Sanders crowd was trying to find like some total unknown, some bartender from the Bronx to unseat the establishment incumbent. I say she is an established you know groomed establishment candidate. And I say that because not only what we just talked about which will be on the propreport.com uh, on Wednesday but the where we replay we post these shows commercial free she returned to so she graduated from 20, in 2011 from BU uh with honors and it was a great program she did a ted talk in 2010 she was uh interviewed or asked her opinion on npr in 2011 in 2013 she returns to bu as a speaker where she's uh her bio mini bio there says she's the lead educational strategist at gauge is inc uh founder of brook avenue press she partnered with sunshine bronx Business incubator to design entrepreneurial curricula for those interested in launching their own enterprise. Then she uh, worked for Bernie Sanders in 2016. Her mom moved to Florida at that time for tax reasons, which I think is funny. In 2017, uh, she was the the person of the year for the I think National Hispanic Institute. But the when did she do Standing Rock? Wasn't she Binkley? Wasn't she a
2: she was a Activist. protester. When was and, that? Was that 2016? I, I think it was 2016. All right.
0: So, but her I, her legacy is that what she says is this bartender thing. She said, I was uh, I was bartender. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And then uh, Trump said, well, she's just a bartender. Like, everybody feeds into this bartender thing. And I honestly believe they morphed. The, it was a waitress. Then it became bartender. I honestly believe because of the cool millennial vibe of the Uh, Austin guy on Jeopardy, who was this hip craft cocktail crafter and savant trivia champion.
2: Yeah, one thing, her bio from back, back in 2010, it doesn't say she's from the Bronx. Being from the Bronx was a main talking point when she emerged on the scene. It says she's from New York back then.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, they They, changed—they definitely embellished the story. But here's something—another thing that—a news story, a uh, story from July of 2018 says uh, people talk smack uh, about Sandy when she was a bartender stealing their tips or something like that. So it's like, well, this is obviously not a fan of Ocasio, who's writing this article. Yeah, it says— Ex coworker, no fan of Democrat darling Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. So they're interviewing this ex coworker who's complaining about how uh, Ocasio tipped out to the waitresses when she was the bartender, and there's usually rules about it. So it's, I mean, whatever. So, so the story is against interest for Ocasio, right? So it looks like it's real because it's her enemy talking, but validating the underlying fact that she was a bartender, it said, for four years at this Flats Fix restaurant, which was not open at that time. So it said she worked there from January 2014 to January 2018, but that location of the restaurant didn't open until 2015. That's nuts. So, I mean, it is possible that she was at the old, I I don't know, but at no point does it ever say anything but that she worked at that place, in that spot, and I actually don't know if I saw that it she worked there for for four years anyplace else. But this is—so this is the the story, that she had this amazing resume when she went back to speak at BU in 2013. She was—she had three positions in 2013. The lead educational strategist, the founder of Brook Press, and she was a partner in this entrepreneurial incubator. Plus, she had been a Ted Kennedy intern. I mean, she was— she was the real deal. Yeah.
2: can get a job anywhere.
0: Right. So this is a, a very cultivated, experienced, well-trained person with internships. She's person of the year. You should see the picture. She's so well-groomed. Really, really fantastic. And you've seen her act like that. So say what you got to say, but then I want the the clip.
2: I. It, She's very good at what she does. She's a trained politician, and it's just all of these things are great and fine. I don't have any problem with it. The problem I have is that the myth they create about her is is leaving a false impression on people who are donating massive amounts of money to 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 her, who are getting um, being led to support policy or whatever she's putting out there. I don't like that they lie to people. This is the problem I have?
0: Yes, and they're doing it because they know that anybody in the establishment, groomed in the political arts, cannot be trusted. Or they will look at them differently and wonder what they're really after, how you're being manipulated, because they are taught how to do that. And and we who go to public schools are not taught how to do that. We're taught how to, n- never taught yeah. rhetoric or how to influence people. That was the great difference between classical education and modern education is they took that rhetoric part out. They didn't take it out of the elite private schools or even some yeah. of the elite, very elite public schools. But they did take it out for the rank and file, so we're we're supposed to believe that she's an all shucks candidate, a who me candidate, <laughs> and that you can that she's just learning as she goes, and we're going along for the ride. And if you don't believe that this is what she is doing, listen to this is a she makes these little videos of herself doing other stuff, which I consider to be absolutely what you can't stop for five seconds. You know, she's like cooking dinner and telling you her important thoughts about climate change. And by the way, <laughs> don't have any children while she's cooking dinner with a giant knife. I'm like, really? Like, I don't even if my kids are talking. To me, I'm like, sorry, I'm using a knife. <laughs> 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 don't talk to me right now. This knife is very sharp. I mean, it's not that's not totally true. But certainly if I'm doing the dishes right, like I stop what I do, I'm doing and listen to them. And she won't even do that. But this, she really takes it too far in this one. She's sitting on the floor putting together an uh an IKEA table, the great the democratization of furniture, IKEA, drinking white wine and eating popcorn, which Ugh. I will say no, it's dog whistling. And I absolutely have thought of this many times. My sister said to another single white female some years ago, uh, they were I introduced them, whatever, and they were talking about the things they had in common. And my sister said to her, white wine and popcorn, am I right? And the other chick said, every night. Really? Yep. Because you can get high, get <laughs> food. It's like how you can get your little buzz with the least amount of calories. <laughs> yeah, I'm dead serious. It's getting your buzz with the least amount of calories. So it fills your stomach, and you can kind of bulk up on that so you like don't feel sick. I'm telling you, it's an absolute dog whistle. And there's a few dog whistles in here, but the fact you can hear her, she's chewing with her mouth open. There's literally food falling down her face. I mean, it's unreal that a person uh, with this kind of pedigree would behave like this in public as a congressional representative, other than as a as a show. So let's hear the clip. It's clip two. I'm coming at you from my apartment in DC. That has still
1: not been furnished. It's so I got sworn in January third.
0: I can't even listen to today is
1: April something, (laughs) and I still don't own a chair (laughs) until today when I got a folding chair delivered to my apartment. It just says wine and popcorn are almost all I eat when Daniel is gone. We have something in common. She's reading questions. I've been living like a completely depraved lifestyle. I've been sleeping on a mattress on the floor, but it's like the mattress. And then under the mattress is like the plastic wrap that the (laughs) mattress came in. I'm just spilling all the secrets right now.
0: So so most of the people who are commenting are like, she's an idiot, right? But it's not that she's an idiot. She's most definitely not an idiot because all the little Instagram things like, oh, am gosh, me too. Oh, my gosh, that's me. Oh, my gosh, every night, you know? A little she's... less chewing. Dude, it's disgusting. It's unbelievable.
2: Are we going to see her cutting her toenails in the next oh, one?
0: Oh, like, don't go too far. <laughs> don't go too far. You know, I don't like that. So with all of this, I, har- I hardly have any time to call your attention to two people who put uh, two positive stories that I want to highlight as authentic people. So one thing I just tweeted, retweeted my when I laid out the Kate Steinley story, the woman who got shot on the pier in San Francisco, she... That story, I could tell from absolutely the first day it came out that it was being misrepresented in the public. And I felt if there was any justice that that guy would not get convicted. I mean, that story is unbelievable. Before, before he even went to trial, I was all over it. And I, I tweeted the episode at Monica Perez Show just this week so you can go back and look at it. But listen to it because it's very interesting what the sheriff did to get that guy into California and then release him. He literally had to get him away from immigration who was going to deport him. And it wasn't under the rules of Sanctuary City or anything like that. So this guy was like uh, mentally incompetent. And the story is just crazy. So when I saw that he was being defended by a public defender, I thought, well— they have to be true blue like really good guys if they're going to defend him properly but he sh- if they do he should get off and i tried to contact them they didn't answer me so i didn't have high hopes but he was he was he was not convicted and then i read about well then i recently heard that the public defender the guy the elected official in charge of the public defenders office died under suspicious circumstances recently so then I dug into him, and boy, does that guy have a backstory! He fought the machine to get this elected position. Willie Brown tried to—he was number two in the public defender's office in San Francisco like in 2002, and his boss got promoted to a different job. So there was an elected position open. Somebody had to fill that temporarily, and Willie Brown put a, uh, a state senator's daughter in there, and she immediately fired this guy. And he really should have been promoted to that position. So he came back and ran against her for the position that year and he won. And he has not been a darling of the establishment ever since then, that's for sure. But since then, he's really fought for some very important measures that people on both sides of the aisle would appreciate and uh, he's also a documentary filmmaker who made a full-length documentary called Ricochet about the Steinley case, Ooh. which I cannot find now. And the guy is dead under suspicious circumstances. But he fought; he wanted public employees to put more money in pensions. What's his name again? Jeff Adachi. Jeff Adachi. Did I not say Jeff Adachi? And uh, what he did, really, the stuff he did, I can't cover it. Uh, well, I'll, I'll get to a little bit more after the break. This is Monica Perez.
2: Monica Perez. No, never give up. Never surrender.
0: On News 95.5 at a.m. 750 WSB. Wrapping it up, I just want to finish with Jeff Adachi, who was the San Francisco public defender. And during the Steinle case, he he recorded he set up crime scene, a trap, I guess. I don't know. Or just uh, and recorded police officers stealing from a crime scene in San Francisco. And he also caught a medical examiner lying about something on the stand. And these are the people who were responsible for the investigation into his suspicious death. And so obviously, I don't know about obviously nothing, but Nothing's come of it. There's no foul play was determined. And another guy who I think should be on your radar, Ross Ulbricht, there's still hope for him. He's just in jail serving double life plus 40 years with no chance of parole for establishing the new Silk Road website. And he's in jail because they say that he dealt drugs or, oh no, that it was a neutral platform, but that drugs were dealt on it and people died from those drugs. However, The DEA agent and the Secret Service guy who uh, were investigating that case were tried and convicted and sentenced to six years each for malfeasance in that case. And Ross Ulbricht's jury was not allowed to see that. So he was convicted basically for these deaths.
2: That's Dark Web guy, right? Uh, Yeah. Dark Web?
0: Yes. So he's in a maximum security prison. And there is a movement to free ross to get trump to commute his sentence and i i will make the commitment that i will never criticize trump in any way whatsoever which could end my career (laughs) um not because i made a career on it but it ties your hands with the sitting president if he were to commute ross albrecht's sentence uh so look into that i highly recommend uh at least trying to save ross and Listening to our shows, our podcast, you can get it all at thepropreport.com. And I do thank WSB for letting us put this up uh, commercial-free, and our podcast is commercial-free. This show comes up on Wednesdays, and the podcast that I do with Binkley comes up on Thursdays. And with that, thank you, and talk to you next week right here on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6. This is Monica Perez.